a show for those just doing the best they can. It's the Not Bad Dad Podcast with Fuzz Martin. I ain't choose the game, game chose me. I'm a champion, I need some trophies. I can drive the lane, I can shoot the three. I can run a hundred yards, I can throw it deep. Well, here we are again, another exciting edition of Not Bad Dad. I'm Fuzz, and I'm joined today by Ben. How you doing, man? I'm fantastic. How are you? Oh man, I'm so great. Good. It has. Uh, so we're recording this the week after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. I had a full day meeting. You were in that full day meeting, mm-hmm. and I have probably the fullest calendar I've had in ages. And I'm trying not to let the anxiety get to me of uh, not being able to get to everything, or actually not being able to get everything done. And that's uh, it's been wearing on me this week, so I've been a little bit edgy. And also, I'm uh, using this as a lead-in to say that I'm super ill-prepared for this show this week. No, that's okay. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, and I'm here to help. Thank you. I know yeah. I'm, I'm leaning on you yes, to really no. drive the show. I'm today. here to help, and this is this is a safe space. Thank you. It is because uh, this room that we're in has no windows, and also uh, it locks from the inside, um, and it's all the handle's always locked. So if you um, if you close the door, nobody can get in. That's good. I mean, I feel like that's the setup for an escape room or a clue type of board game. Yeah, definitely. Um, though it also wrecks any ability to have. Uh, an alibi if one of us doesn't walk out of this room. Yeah, I guess that's what I mean. It's like sort of a, you know, airtight case, you yeah. would think. But that's where, you know, that's but, where it gets interesting. Though if there is a tornado, this is where we're going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Either mm-hmm. that or Oz, I guess. Yeah, one of those two places. Kansas. No, not not anymore. In No, no. Um, in order to help sort of you know, alleviate any anxiety you're having about your schedule and sort of just take you, you know, back to a different place. Um, my question for you has to do with um, fatherhood. Yeah. Okay. You know, since that is, again, the nominal theme of this podcast. It might be just because of time. It could be sort of changing social mores. It could be science has proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. It could be a number of things. But I'm interested to know... What your dad, what beliefs or convictions your dad espoused in you that you have subsequently found to be, um, let's say, off base? Oh, off base. Or just dead wrong, misinformed. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I thought you were going to go the other way. No. um, What has my dad espoused in me that has been that wrong? Well, I will say this. Um. Actually, here's one. My dad is kind of a rags to riches story. Mm-hmm. So he um, dropped out of high school like his senior year because he didn't want to take gym class. Well, I can understand that. But then he started his own company and is now wildly, wildly successful. But as he was growing up, or as we were growing up, he often had a wad of cash on him now he didn't like like i mean he was very generous but he wasn't 
we didn't live like we were rich, mm-hmm. but we would go places and he would just, there was never a budget. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of watching him is how I, then when I went off to school, it was, oh, you know, that's a hundred bucks. No problem. I'll just put it on the credit card. Mm. I didn't have the business uh, financial backing to do that. And it wasn't that he, I mean, he had bailed me out a couple times as a irresponsible child. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like I was getting a, an allowance or any of any sort, which I think is good. I, the, I, I'm not trying to say that he should have. I'm just saying that watching him spend gave me that, like, just we'll just make more money, you know. And uh, so that was a, um, a difficult thing to unlearn. Mm-hmm. Also... Um, I did read a book once, and it was so. There's that book that everybody hears: "The Rich Dad, Poor Dad." But there was a, a book called "Good Dad, Bad Dad." Okay. And, um, and I, actually, I take it back. I, around the same time, I read a book which I think is probably a little bit um, misogynist in today's terms. Sure. Versus, I mean, it was, you know, if it's misogynist today, then it was misogynist then. But sure. the filters are different now. Yes. Um, there was a book I read called The Way of the Superior Man okay. uh, by Dave Dida. And it's very much uh, in a, like, it's mostly written in kind of a Buddhist type language of um, letting go and being one. And, um, you know, the he talks about masculinity and femininity not as male or female, but as polarity and some of that. But, uh, I mean, the book title, The Way of the Superior Man, and some of the concepts in there are kind of um, outdated. But there was one line that stuck with me and still sticks with me, which is uh, the headline in on this particular chapter was, Live as Though Your Father is Dead. Um, so, and then it just talks about your, you as a, uh, you know, it's speaking to men, but just you as a person are trying to live up to your parental expectations or the expectations of your parents, not as you have a parent, as you as a parent, but to the expectations your parents have of you as a child. And at some point you need to let go of that and live as though they don't exist so that you can be your own person and make you know make your own way and get out from underneath because your parents were flawed and you don't need to bring those flaws into your life so the you know that doesn't really tie into that that first part so much about about um you know spending like my dad spent or you know being free with money that way yeah but it does speak to the you know, living up to the expectations of does my dad think I'm good enough? And the answer is it doesn't matter that you just need to make your own way. And someday it should not matter to your kids whether um, they're living up to your expectations or not. That said, I don't want my kids to be, you know, jerks. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. But from a, you know, success level or how or what they're doing level. I think that's important. No, I think that's a great point. I mean, well, first off, I think 
I was having a lot of um, remorse about not calling my parents in several months, but living as if they're dead really takes that off of my shoulders. <laughs> it it does, like. it does. So thank you for that, first off. The phone rings both ways, Mom yeah, and Dad. Exactly. I'm just kidding. I'm, I have spoken. I, am, I, am I just spoke to my mom uh, like two days ago. Um, the other thing is I don't – so was the – was the book that you read about the superior man, mm-hmm. which I thought was uh, sort of sounded, I thought you were going to say by this guy, Freddie Nietzsche or something. Oh, hey. I thought, but yeah. So is it about men being superior to women? No, no, it's, uh, it's about being, it's about bettering yourself. Oh, I see. It's not. Um, but it's not specifically about men. No. In fact, he, he addresses it right off the bat and says, I'm going to use the word man because I need to use a, gotcha. a, a you know, a pronoun, I guess. I guess I got you. And and but this can speak to men or women, and there are men who are feminine, and there are women who are masculine, and that doesn't mean they're gay or straight or anything. It just is in the polarity of. I see. Life. I see. No, that's not what I, I thought it was. You were going to be like, you know, it's called, you know, controlleth thy wench or, you know, something <laughs> like that. No, yeah. No. That's no. Not no. That. Okay. Though I did at around that same time, I was like in really like trying to find myself place after a, a breakup at mm-hmm. that point. And I read uh, The Game Ah, uh, at the same, like around that same time. Yes. And that one's horrible and misogynistic. Sure. And, and not, uh, sure. not a superior man type sure. book. So did you, how did you, um, did you run your game, you know, hard? Oh man, I, I nag so hard. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, the uh, let's see. I'm looking up the way of the superior man. Uh, uh, Am- so I thought it would have worse Amazon reviews. Now that I'm saying this, uh, because of what it is, but it actually has it's like almost five stars. Um, well, the people have spoken. Yeah, this you know I, I didn't. It sounded like a perfectly reasonable book based on your description. I right. Don't, well, now I say I used to recommend it to people, and now I I'm afraid to because of the title. Yeah, seems. yeah, I, I get that. But I think if he were to change the title of the book, it would negate any of the teachings of it. I get it. I mean, the tr- titles are tricky. You know, probably the superior, um, you know, human sounds like a eugenics textbook. Yeah, you know, which is not <laughs> right, not right. good. No. Um, you know, the superior woman and or man probably won't fit on the jacket. So it's tough, but, you know. It, and then also it, it's partly about not being wishy-washy. So mm. he just picked a direction and went with it. But if he said yes. the way of the superior woman and wrote it all uh, from the – or the way of the masculine woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, mm. yeah. I mean, again, I would assume that was like, uh, you know, uh, chronicle of the 60s – Soviet weightlifting team. Yeah, I agree. Something like that. I agree. So titles are hard. We've, if we've learned anything today, it's that. Um, and that, you know, just because your old man makes it rain doesn't mean that you have to. Or that it doesn't mean that you are. They, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. how about you? Tell me, tell me about one that, that you've, that you were taught that isn't, was completely not right. Um, 
There was a lot of intentional uh, misdirection from okay. my dad because he thinks because he thinks it's funny, and in retrospect, it is. But, but like for example, the for I think until at least, I was at least twelve or thirteen, I thought you know the popular children's basketball game horse. Yeah, yeah, I thought that game was called herpes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Because that's what my father taught me to play. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's and so there's a lot of examples. That's called like gaslighting. That. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, and again, and now I do find it to be. Uh, I do think it's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. And um, I don't. I don't begrudge how I think it sort of figures into my worldview, but I'm also pretty skeptical because a good a good portion of the time, um, what he was telling me was just uh, for his own amusement. Right. Uh, now, speaking of gaslighting your kids and like just teaching them some of the cynical ways that you are and such, do you do you swear in front of your child? Uh, yes, I. D- I mean, obviously, I try to tone it down. Yeah, um, but sometimes I do. Yes, I uh, I do as well. My dad didn't, but my mom. I've learned every swear word that I know from my mom. Interesting, and. Um, I my family has a propensity to drop uh, GD mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. the time. The other day, my daughter was in the car with my wife. They were driving somewhere, and the the young one, um, and from the back seat, just out of the blue, she said, "Mommy, why does Daddy always say GD it?" Yes, and and. Shanna said, well, sometimes he just gets frustrated. And and she said, well, he needs to count to four like Daniel Tiger and take a deep breath. And, and, and you said, shut your GD mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Say whatever I GD want. Yeah. Um, and it made me think, though it hasn't stopped me from saying it. Yeah. Um, and it's because it's it is something that I – just heard all the time as a kid and it's just ingrained and it's like my my reaction to gravity you know like yeah 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 um i mean i don't think the word i mean i haven't thought about this a great deal so i may change my mind i don't think the words themselves provided the words are not i mean i guess those words in and of themselves could be offensive to some people they're not to me but it's more just the sort of express or like loss of control that i don't want to exhibit for my child, mm-hmm. not necessarily the words themselves. Although, again, they could be offensive to some people. They could be uh, off-putting to some people. I mean, I don't want him going around daycare saying those. Although right, right. He, he does say GD also. At daycare? That, that's in his repertoire. Yeah. I, I haven't heard that specifically that he said it at daycare. Sure. But I know that he says it at home. And he, but the, he does it in a way where it's sort of obvious that he's learned it from me. For a while, I tried to say, like, he got, you know, he got this from you sort of thing, which was yeah. pr- a pretty, there was a pretty thin case for that to begin with. But now he sort of goes, and he, like, yeah. actually, like, makes his voice like that. So it's kind of hard to keep up that charade. Yeah. I know my youngest is very type A. And also, I know that she gets almost all of her mannerisms from me, <laughs> and it's part adorable and part 
horrifying because I see a reflection of myself and I see how that is is being you know taught to her. It's definitely a a taught kind of uh, expression and not not something that you know she. It's, there's not a gene that says you're going to be uh, you're going to huff like your right, right. mom or you know um, she does she still does some like facial expressions that Shanna does and stuff mm-hmm. when she's but when it comes to like either uh, usually anger or frustration those are those are mine right annoyance that definitely comes from Shanna but anger and frustration is me and. But you know what? I am who I am, and she's going to be who she's going to be, and you can't pick your parents. And I – No. Um, and it's not like I'm, like, crazy, like, flying off the wall stuff. It's just – Yeah, yeah. Every – you know, it happens once, and they remember it. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I mean, like, I would like to decrease the um, amount of swearing I do in front of my son, you know, by 30%. Right. I, I don't think – I don't know. I, I think it's dumb to sort of strive for, for, for perfection, and I think it's important that he sees our imperfections. I, I just, you know, he doesn't need to see all of them, right, all the time. Exactly. So I could do, you know, I could do better. I, I think my dad was probably like me. You know, he made some effort to curtail his, you know, spicy language. Um, my mom almost never so strange. When you're talking about it, just it's very strange when. She sneezes. She says, ah, uh, S word. Oh, really? Every time, yeah. Wow. And, and, but she doesn't curse otherwise. When I find that to be very strange now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that is strange. The only other, I mean, the only other time that I remember her, you know, using profanity outside of, you know, sort of like autonomic, yeah. um, bodily functions were <laughs> the dog you know there's like a we've always had there's like a constant battle with the dog keeping the dogs off the bed yep. you know it's they 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 go on the bed but there's some you know like again like performance wherein my mom has to make a show of like getting them off the bed and one time I was at their house when they lived in Colorado and I was just I don't know watching TV or just something mind my business yeah minding my business and then I heard from like the upstairs like get off my bed you effing maggots like wow. that yeah and then there's like these two like little mutts running scurrying <laughs> down the stairs and um that's the really the only time i can think of her saying the f word actually um that's funny you say that because i am convinced i've lived in my house for five years now five and a half years i am convinced that i have some neighbors who have only ever heard me say go poop gd it right right <laughs> Uh, totally. Yeah. I did when I was out in the backyard with my son playing ball the other day. I did hear the the window of the neighbor like shut sort of oh. semi hardly, and so I was like, "Was that because I'm I'm like exclaiming too much about like that's a can you know he he says the same thing over that's a home run you know <laughs> and like I guess hearing that like a hundred times or me going ooh home run would might get old but well. But I mean, it's better. Than, it. It's not like I'm out there like like, straight, you know, yeah, yelling right, at right. them, right? I mean, it's at least a positive message that they're hearing. I recently received a letter, a mass uh, email from the school district, 
having to tell parents about the appropriate way to cheer and to be at um, your your kids' sporting events because of people doing the the second way that you're talking about there and getting in refs' faces and I cannot imagine doing that. No, I'm maybe I'm too passive that way, but well, also like I my parents never would have, um, and I like if yeah I mean, I, I don't know. No, I, there's no excuse. I'm not too passive. No, I mean it's just like you have a sense of perspective. I, again, I don't think like it's reasonable to strive for perfection. But you see the pictures of parents getting in fight or the videos of parents getting on fight in fights on the internet. It's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Yeah, like it's, it's like kids, you know, sports. They're not the the ones who are going to the you know to be pro athletes aren't the ones that are yelling about their kids, uh, you know, getting called for a holding penalty or something. No. And if they're so, I mean, it's it's funny, <clears throat> you know, the more that I, um, I don't know, observe sports from a more, you know, adult standpoint, like, uh, I think, and we may have covered this before, just like, you, it takes a certain kind of personality. Like, if you're, like, totally maladjusted and have, have the type of parents who would, like, try to fight coaches... I feel like you would have a lot to overcome to get to the highest level because you would be like, people don't make it because of their personalities all the time. Yeah. You know, like I, I'd I'd think that I probably would have put that number at zero many years ago, but now I realize like, I mean, I'm not saying you have to be perfect Mm -hmm. or like even nice or anything, but I just don't (laughs) think you can have the sort of personality that you're so thin skinned that you're, Mm -hmm. Or, or your parents were that you could make it and sustain any sort of performance at the highest level. Right. Yeah. There, there are a few like you know notable examples of people who made it, but then like totally flamed out as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely are. Um, who's that? Uh, Johnny uh, Manziel, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. I suspect you know the, there was a lot of that probably mm-hmm. in his childhood. Mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate. I mean. My folks were pretty heavily involved in the little league when where my brother and I played and like on the board and stuff, but they never engaged in any of the like yelling at coaches or even behind the scenes yelling at coaches. And even in high school when a lot of my teammates were always lobbying the coach or criticizing the coach yeah. or talking to the athletic director, they never did any of that and I always appreciated it. Yeah, it's just go out and have fun. And work hard, and if you're good, people will know. And if you didn't put in the work, people will know. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I'm not saying that coaches aren't wrong or even do, like, totally nonsensical stuff. But I think you have to address it the same way you would anything else, right? Like, if your child's teacher was, you know, talking about how, you know, the earth is flat, you would address it. Right. But keep it in context, same thing with sports, right? If, you know, he's telling you to spike the other children, you want to address that. You know, like, listen, right. I know what your coach said. That's not right. Yeah. And then talk to the coach, you know. Right. Most of the time, these are volunteers, mm-hmm. especially, you know, like, you know, or the the refs are getting, you know, they're not NFL refs or they're not, you know, pro, pro refs. Sometimes they're kids or just beyond kids <laughs> and right um you know like they're fallible and if if you get to the point where your head coach at a you know a 
D1 football school or something like that, like, go ahead and shout. But that's, that's your job at that point. Exactly. No, I mean, I was a, a you know, teenage umpire. That sounds like the title of like a, a like a dime novel or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was a teenage umpire. But I mean, yeah, I had adults mm-hmm. yelling at me, you know, like fully grown people just lighting into me because I was, you know, missed a call or something like that and was making five bucks an hour or something. I don't right. know, whatever the case may be. You were doing be. it because you love baseball. No, I was doing it for oh. the five bucks. Oh, cool. Because um, that's, I mean, back in the day. Yeah, five bucks is. I could get, money. you know, like, I could put a dollar in the tank of the old Hyundai. And you could buy two packs of cigarettes. Yeah, probably. Or of, of generic cigarettes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Luckily, <laughs> luckily where I grew up, they had just a big jar of single cigarettes for oh, 10 Lucy's. cents. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do they have a name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't ever call them that. Yeah, they're Lucy's. Oh, yeah, interesting. No, yeah. I didn't. You I never didn't. heard the term Lucy? That's cool. No, no, no absolutely. I mean, uh, I yeah. did, but it was not that. Oh yeah, it's a loose, uh, a cigarette loose from its pack is called a Lucy. Interesting. Yeah, they sell, yeah. sell those separately. Yeah, actually, the uh, uh, we called those herpes too. <laughs> yeah, well, but Simplex one. Yeah, Simplex. Yep, yep, yep. That's uh, well, you know, if enough people test them out and put them back in the jar, I get it. I really get it. Well, uh, way to turn nothing into something, Ben. I, Thanks for bailing me out today. I, I did nothing, no. By the way, we're going to our first, um, before we close the show, I'm, well, my youngest, we're going to her first Brewer game tonight. Whoa. Yeah. But we got club seats. So we got like special, like awesome seats. Nice. The first time that my oldest went to a Bucks game, she had floor seats. Did I tell this story? No. I don't know if I've ever told this story. No. I had a client who was a um, had courtside seats to the Bucks, like uh, the table seats. So in the corners they have tables, and so you like sit at the table and they bring you whatever you want. And he had four seats there. Nice. And he's like, "Do you want to take your daughter?" So I said, "Yeah, for sure." And so I went there, and nobody else showed up, so it was just us two at the corner table. It was awesome. Like, bring us popcorn and soda and whatever. Well, she was about four at the time. And she had had enough after the first half. And sure. So um, I think it was. I think we were leaving between the third and the fourth quarter. And they get up. We had to walk through the section one. So, like, walk um, up the stairs, like, through the crowd to the exit. And while we're walking up, she trips and hits her face on the step and starts screaming and bleeding. And people started booing me. <laughs> really? Yeah. They started. <laughs> I don't even know how to react to that. They, I mean, w- boo. Was it, did it, did they think you pushed her? No, I think uh, they were just like, like, you know, bad dad let his daughter trip. And so she's screaming. Some and it wasn't all like there were like the sympathetic ones. They're like, "Oh, yeah. sweetie, are you okay?" You know, like, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh," you know. Um, but there were. I remember the booze. Luckily, my oldest doesn't remember even going to a Bucks game, so um, the concussion was great enough that she forgot. Well, it's silver linings. But her first Bucks game, the oldest's first Bucks game was at. Um, on the floor seats and the youngest's first Brewers game is going to be club seats. And 
the reality of life is most of the time it's going to be uh, in the bleachers. Honestly, though, I mean, that is – it's not that expensive to get no. good seats at a Brewers game. They're like it's, 45 bucks, I think, for those tickets. Yeah, well, that's – yeah, I mean, that's still kind of a lot. But, I mean, especially as the – I mean, I hope I'm wrong and that they turn it around, but it's pretty affordable here, especially yeah. as they get drift further out of contention. Yeah. So – yeah, actually, I, I was handed these tickets because the person who had received them had been hoping that, because they're playing the Cubs, had been hoping that they'd be doing really well at the end of the year. So he he got his pick of tickets at the beginning of the season, and he's like, I'm going to get the Cubs game toward the end of the season because it's going to be awesome. I don't know if I'd bring a child to a Cubs game in in, uh, in oh, Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, you've gone. No, no, I haven't. But just based on what I've heard and having been to games at Wrigley. And, I mean, usually Miller Park is very family-friendly. I did hear a grown woman tell, a, like, a five-year-old boy to go S a D. Really? Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And that was a Brewers fan? That was a Brewers fan. Yeah. She she took umbrage with the fact that the boy was rooting for the Dodgers. Oh. I mean, I don't I think it could have been any team. Yeah. But um <laughs> like the one kid cheered on the Marlins. <laughs> right, right. Right. Exactly. Go back to Miami, you you know, yeah. whatever. But yeah. yeah, it was it was particularly troubling. So I hope nothing like that happens. I think you'll be fine. Maybe don't maybe well, she wouldn't wear a cup shirt anyway. Well, here's the thing: my wife is a oh, that's right. is a Illinois Illinoisian, mm-hmm. and so she's been. So the Packers Bears game was last night as we're recording this, and the Packers. Well, the Packers no, won. No spoiler. I I did see that. I didn't just in case someone is like in a coma yeah. and didn't. I'm sorry. The Packers won. If you listen this far in the podcast and you haven't watched the game, that's on you. Yeah. Um. The so the uh, Shanna had gotten the little one to cheer for the Bears because she just had more pull that time. Yeah, yeah. And now the little one's saying, "I'm going to cheer for the Cubs," but she's going to be wearing a Brewers jersey. So yeah, yeah. Should. I mean, it's uh, there's something of that going on in my household too, where mm-hmm. you know, obviously we're Dodgers fans because I'm from California. Mm-hmm. But my son is getting a lot of Brewers messages, I think, in daycare mm-hmm. from uh, and from neighbors. Actually, it's sort of a conspiracy, but indoctrination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, it's I think it's all in good fun. But he really does. He wants to when we watch the game recaps in the morning. He wants to see the Brewers first. Yeah. Well, I don't blame him. And here's the thing that I've been trying to tell Shanna is that yes, she grew up in Illinois. But she moved to Wisconsin, you know, 15 years ago or even longer than that. She came up to college here and had her child in Wisconsin. The dad's from Wisconsin. There's really no – even her parents live in Wisconsin now. So the, the kid's got to be – and if, if the real kicker is when I say, Shannon, name one player from the Cubs – and then there's just silence. She's like Ron Santo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I, Harry Carey. Yeah, there's. I mean, I'm, the world doesn't need any more Cubs fans. I agree. That's. They actually need fewer. They're kind of like fluorocarbons, you know. Like they are. we're better off without yeah. them. Yeah, 
there's uh, they actually um, I watched the documentary and, and global warming is being caused by Cubs fans. That doesn't that actually doesn't surprise me at all. No, they live in the suburbs. They drive mm-hmm. their big cars down. down. Yeah, they drive them to Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's got to be. I mean, I can't blame it all on them, of course. But I, that's got to be seventy percent of climate I, change. I would say so. Is, is I would say so. Fans. If if the Cubs fans would just shut their mouths, the polar ice caps would refreeze, and yeah. polar bears would, would not go hungry, and they'd be able to have their own polar bear cubs. I don't know. For those who haven't heard it before, you should go look up uh, Lee Elia's. Uh, I think this was in the early 80s. He was the Cubs manager who basically went off on Cubs fans for like. And when they all of their games were day games. Okay. Before they had lights. And oh, yeah, like, yeah. What are these people doing out here during the day? <laughs> they don't have jobs. You know, it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Well, thank you for coming on the Not Bad Dad podcast, Ben. We will talk to you again real soon. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Not Bad Dad podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And follow us online on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Not Bad Dad Cast.